Start recording. Stop recording. Button. Hello to all of our beautiful nerds and welcome back to Nerdy Chic Transmissions. And we are back with a special episode. And I have Gondris with me. Hey everyone, how's it going? For this episode, because we're reviewing the newest uh, My Hero Academia movie, Heroes Rising. That was it. Is it Heroes Rising? Yes, it's My Hero Academia, Heroes Rising. Which hit theaters this week, both in English dub and and also subtitled to Regal Theaters in select cities. We got to see it over at the Winter Park Village location of Regal since we didn't have any locations near us. Uh, Coming to physical media and likely the Funimation streaming service sometime soon. Yeah. Oh, and uh, uh, one thing, we are going to be kind of doing a brief synopsis of it. So uh, just going to give you all a warning, there be spoilers ahead. <laughs> yep, and also one more thing, our disclaimer, it's this review is based on thoughts and opinions of the lead writer and the writer of this blog and the podcast itself. So please respect their thoughts and opinions on this movie. So, Alright, so, hon, do you want to start us off then? So, this movie takes place a little bit... Shall we... Well, um, it's kind of in a sort of... It's kind of in a sort of, like, weird, kind of undefined place. It, I'd say probably takes place sometime closer to around the point it is in the manga. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say definitely after the next... You know, definitely sometime after season four, probably sometime in season five. Mm. Where we catch the class of 1A along... Which, just to be clear, season four is still airing. They haven't even started season five yet, so... Uh, Sorry, but we're catching up with class 1A. And they're on an island uh, off the coast of Japan. Uh, uh, the, the, the island... Ta- the uh, island town Nabu Island. <laughs> oh yeah, Nabu Island. Uh, do doing some jobs for people that live on the island after their number one hero well, returns. Well, their local hero. Not well, local, local hero. Yeah, their local local hero. Sorry, retired and this. Uh, uh, do you want me to jump in? Yes. Uh, basically, the, the setup for this is that um, they've been sent away from classes for a bit to basically do some some relatively easy pro-hero work in the field. Um, everyone in Class 1A has gotten their provisional license. It is, um, this series basically takes place about, um, I'd say, 100 years in the future. Um, most people on the planet now develop some form of superpower. You know, I think it was like something like eighty percent of people on the planet mm-hmm. now have some form of superpower. Some, some really, really useful for doing superhero work. Others, and not so much. Mm-hmm. But the point, but the point is, is that um, there. And of course, when you have that many people developing superpowers, you need you, you need to have a school to actually teach them how to properly use them, and not, you know, at the very least, not hurt themselves, and also, you know, maybe help help them learn how to do proper actual superhero work without getting anybody hurt. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, so the series follows our main character Izuku Midoriya. 
as he's basically going through the hero program. He was born without a quirk, but the world's number one hero, all basically was inspired by this kid with no powers running into a dangerous situation that could have gotten him killed where he's sitting where he helped try where he helped save his childhood friend Kotsky Bakugo. Bakugo also got into the same school well they're even in the same class, but anyway going back real quick, All Might was inspired by this kid with no powers running into danger to go save his friend, despite the fact that it was very likely to get him killed. <clears throat> So, inspired by this, he, reve he reveals to Umidoria, who is one of his biggest fans too, that his power can be passed on to other people. Unlike most people who are born with it and stick with it, his was one he inherited from his predecessor. Mm -hmm. so, he, so he is telling Midoriya that, I have now chosen you as my successor, you shall be the one to carry this power. Mm -hmm. So, so now we cut, we cut ahead... And he's got the power he's been training with, and that he's been getting progressively better with. It's uh, his friends, you know, his friends and classmates in class one A have been getting better. Anyway, pretty much the the pro hero committee, the commission, whatever the the folks who are in charge of basically handing out these licenses and basically managing all of these heroes. You know, pretty much the government body that's in charge of overseeing them has come up with a program to try and help out with because All Might has retired at this point. His powers have finally faded. He no longer has any any of the like leftover charge from the from his superpower in him now, so he's had to fully retire. Mm. So now, so now with him publicly retiring, of course, villains are on the rise. Mm -hmm. So pretty much, the government committee has decided. Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to is we're going to um, have the have have all the young students who have. Who have gotten their licenses go out to these remote areas where, where it's relatively safe and you know minor league stuff, so they can go out and build up some experience, build up some goodwill with the folks. And in the case of this particular, in the case of Class One A, they've been sent into this place where their where their local old pro hero has retired. It's a small island, small town. Um, basically, only needs one dude to even keep an eye on things because there's basically never any trouble out there. But he's old, he retired, so they've set up a temporary agency there to do some pro hero work and help out the locals. Mm. We had, you know, the, and um, the movie takes place about, I'd say, two weeks into like what, what would be like a month long stint of doing this. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're basically out doing this for a month, we catch up with them two weeks in. The movie, the movie actually starts with a, with a freaking noise action scene of the League of Villains, the bad guy, the pretty much the main group of bad guys for this show, mm -hmm. being chased by the police and other pro heroes as they're basically driving away, driving away with some truck with some obviously dangerous thing that they really shouldn't have. Mm. And, um, well, simply put, this chase sequence looks like something straight out of Initial D. It's freaking awesome. <laughs> mm. Anyway, um, so... Uh, eventually, the new number one hero, former number two Endeavor, who is father to one of the one one of the kids in one A, mm -hmm. um, Shoto Todoroki. Um, Shoto Todoroki is the kid that he's the father of. Um, he finally stops the truck, but it's revealed that the that the villains were actually copies because one of their members can basically make copies of all of them. Mm -hmm. So whenever it's a potentially dangerous situation, that's basically what he does: copies. They go do the thing. Mm -hmm. And if something goes wrong, well, they just disintegrate into mud. So it's like, pfft, you know, no harm, no foul. And hey, we're not caught. Mm -hmm. 
So they go. Oh, but when but when they open the truck up, the cargo in the back is empty. It's a pod, and we had seen there was a dude in it before, and now he's gone. Mm. We catch up with that dude, meeting up with his crew somewhere else in the, you know, somewhere somewhere nearby. And they basically say, you know, he basically says the everything's ready. Now our pl- now we can actually commence our plan. Mm. And then we cut to titles, My Hero Academia, Heroes Rising. Mm. Then we join the kids on the actual island, where they're out basically just doing their helping out stuff, you know, take, taking calls. It's like, yes, hello, Hero Agency, how can we help you? It's like, oh, you're having a problem? Okay, yeah, we'll send someone out to deal with that. Mm. All right, uh, you want to jump back in, huh? And while, <clears throat> while doing these jobs, they end up with a call saying that a a girl a girl's brother is missing and they end up going to find said brother one of the one one of the ones going to do this is our main character Izuku Midoriya yep and once he finds this uh, this kid the sister shows up and says you're you're late and he and he's like huh and the sister says, you took an hour to find my brother. And basically just says, says you all suck and you're terrible. And, hero, and heroes are losers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, come on, bro. Let's ditch these losers. <coughs> well. But because, because it's Midoriya, he is just a freaking ball of sunshine. I mean, he basically just can't help but be positive. He's just happy that they're safe. <coughs> So we move on back to the hero agency. Uh, basically, um, basically they're just uh, continuing to do their day. We see a couple more, you know, shots of them like doing stuff, helping out oh, neighbors, whatnot. <coughs> Intercut with very is variously basically things going on on the mainland. So um, one of the things we do is we catch up with the police and and uh, one of, and another pro hero who has yet to be introduced in the anime, but he is a character in the manga. That's why I'm saying. He, this probably takes place closer to... Will probably be taking place around Season 5 if you were to consider it canon in the first place. Mm-hmm. Because this guy has not shown up yet in the anime. His name is Hawks. He's the number three hero. He's basically Hawkman. Mm. You know, he's got wings, he flies, that's pretty much it. Mm. But he's helping out with the investigation. Mm-hmm. And pretty much the, what's really concerning is that one of the big villains who has been captured at this point is all for one. He's a big bad dude he was you know um he basically had the power to steal other to steal other people's powers kind of like parasite from the from the dc comics mm-hmm. except except his is a permanent steal it's like just uh, nope that's mine now and, and he can either keep it for himself or pass it on to another which means he can technically give it back to you but he has to actually give it back mm-hmm but anyway, the point is, it's really scary because he's locked up in, like, the deepest, darkest hole they could find. Mm-hmm. So it's very scary that there's someone going around who apparently has the same and powers as him. That's very scary because, because pros are being attacked and having their powers just straight up yoinked. Mm-hmm. So, intercut through all that, and it turns out oh, the one who's doing it is our main villain for this thing, the dude who was in the tube, Nine. Uh, he's got his own little posse with him of like three other villains 
So we got this little four-man band going on here. Nine is the leader. The pretty much the big bruiser guy is this uh, beast beast man with like a with like a blue wolf head with a blue furred wolf head by the name of Chimera. Mm -hmm. uh, this lady who who basically is straight up Medusa from the from the Marvel Inhumans. Uh, I'm not kidding. Red hair, <laughs> red hair, same light purple color in her outfit. <laughs> And it's long red hair, and she can control it. Uh, mm -hmm. Her name is Slice, so she mainly turns it into blades and like can like shoot out bits of it as like you know, basically you know like needles, you know like mm. you know. So that's nasty. And then this like wrapped up, wrapped up like um, you know just like wrapped up in all the mummy wraps. Guy named Mummy, but he's also dressed basically like a Naruto ninja because he's wearing like the tactical vest, sword on his back. You know, the only part it doesn't cover up it is his eyes and and his hair. <laughs> uh, anyway, point is they're basically they're the ones basically going around doing this for their villainous agenda. Mm. But anyway, um, so and the the kids actually do have names. They're not just there for that one scene, and because of course they aren't. Uh, Kazuta. Uh, yeah, uh, Katsuma and Kazuta. Mahiro. Sh uh, Shinoma. Mm. Sorry, yeah, yeah, sorry, Shinoma. The Shinoma, the Shinoma siblings. Uh, mm. is the older sister. She's the one who's basically a brat. And then, mm -hmm. and there's little Katsuma who's just like, again, you know, adorable, adorable sunshine sweetness. Please protect this child. <laughs> So you can tell, of course, that's going to be part of the gimmick is that, of course, the villains are going to be looking for them at some point. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so, uh, Hun, you jump back in. So, like he said, these villains are, like, <clears throat> these villains are out there to cause a lot of trouble, especially for 1A. And the question is, will Nidoria and the rest of the his class be able to beat these guys with how dangerous they can be, including stealing powers. And, um, well, simply put, um, I mean, come on, guys, seriously, we all know the answer to that. Yes, of course, they're going to be yes. able to stop them, but it's going to be a harrowing journey <laughs> to get there. And we're going to kind of kind of speed through the rest of this. So, uh, basically, nighttime rolls around, the townspeople brought them dinner, or Bakugo's forced to go out on patrol because he because he's the jerk in the class and he basically refused to do any work during the day unless an actual villain showed up. Mm -hmm. You know, so everyone basically said, "Okay, hey, well, guess what, bud? You're, you're the one doing night patrol then." Mm -hmm. It's like you bastards! I'll get you back for this. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, night patrol. The kitten, um, Katsuma, Katsuma comes running up and says, "Guys, guys, you gotta help! There's a villain." Because. Mm. Uh, because Bakugo ran into Midoriya, who's, you know, basically out there doing straight up the Rock Lee training regiment. I mean, like, good God, at Han, what, what, wasn't he counting, like, 1,031, yeah. 1,032, 1,033, yeah. 1,034. It's like, Pretty much. It's like, seriously, you could, you could overdub any of the Rock Lee tra tra training counts, and it, would, and it would not be out of place here. <laughs> mm -hmm. But anyway, point, point is, um, so... So we're so um, they go out to you know see what's going on with the villain, like help help. There's a villain. They go they go to check it out. 
when when they get there, Bakugo starts attacking it because it's a giant mantis monster. Oh crap! It's like now, it's like and now we're getting some Godzilla in our My Hero Academia. I'm like, it's like you got chocolate in my peanut butter. You got peanut butter in my chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then, but then of course it turns out it's not an actual giant monster. It's an illusion cast by Mahiro. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Because, because she was figuring no one would even show up because you guys are such losers and cowards. Mm-hmm. And basically, she doesn't really trust any heroes at, at this point. And she even tells her little brother, don't become one. Uh, yeah. yeah and, and to be fair, like going into later, we never get an actual explanation on why she doesn't trust heroes. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, like, they give the kids an appropriately kind of tragic story going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, um, you know, their mom died when they were really young. Mm-hmm. And uh, their dad has to go work on the mainland most of the time, so he's basically barely ever home. And we can actually kind of use that to transition back to the to the villain side of the plot, huh? Yeah, where, uh, the, where Nine did find their dad and took some... Try to take... No, did take his power. Yeah, did take his power, but unfortunately, well, it had a bit of a drawback. Well, not so much a drawback... Well, um, I mean, yeah, it does have a drawback. But it, it just happens work. to be unfortunate in his particular case because he falls under the drawback, which is um, the dad actually has healing power. He, It's called cell activation. He can basically accelerate the body's ability to heal and even activate, you know, basically kind of activate the body's healing function. Mm. The problem is, is that his power only works on people with type A blood. And mm-hmm. nine, it turns out, is type B. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, and the thing is, is that this is pretty cool. Like, you know, he did the whole, I'm stealing your power, don't worry, it's not going to kill you. But it looks like it. Ew. Well, it's still, it's still, you know, you, you know, you still basically have your power forcefully ripped from your body. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, it's essentially like ripping part of your DNA out. Mm-hmm. It's like, I imagine that's quite painful, so he passes out from it. And then, and then, of course, Nine reveals, I guess, his power. Apparently, he's freaking Weather Wizard, because he calls because he calls down the wrath of Zeus. Just many lightning bolts, many lightning bolts. Buildings get struck; they collapse. The city's on fire. Now. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it and it said that this was taking place in Kyushu, right here, where this happened. But mm-hmm. but still, just thought, like, oh, good God, parts of the city are on fire. Buildings collapsed. What happened? You know, like just, oh my God. Um, panic! It's like mayhem, panic! <laughs> it's like, it's like, you know. So, and uh, well, the thing, the thing that uh, of course now brings like this seemingly unrelated villain part of the plot into relation with you know what our main characters are doing over here on this isolated island out in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. is of course the kids sent the dad a video message saying, "Hey, dad, we're doing good. Like, we miss you. Can't wait to see you when you get home." Love you, bye. Mm-hmm. And of course, he was looking at that when you know he was looking at that when he happened to get attacked. Mm-hmm. So now, so now nine sees his phone and sees the kids and realizes, oh, we have another shot because powers are hereditary. Mm-hmm. So he knows one of these two had to have gotten dad's healing factor, and maybe their version actually will work for him. Mm-hmm. So yes. Oh no, villain. Pl- so oh no, now the villains are going to come find them. Yep. Because, because real quick, when we do, 
you know, we do cut back to the kids and, you know, back to the island with, with the kids from 1A and all the stuff going on over there on the island. But when, the next time we cut back, it's to Hawks and the police doing the investigation and now finding the dad. Mm. And they have no idea who he is because all of his, all of his personal belongings were taken from him. You know, his ID, his, you know, his wallet with his ID and everything, his cell phone, all of it. Anything that they could have used to identify him quickly mm. has been taken. So now they're going to have to wait for him to either wake up or pray that they can match him through his dental records or something. But but either way, oh no, oh there's danger coming in. And all the pros and, you know, really powerful heroes who could probably do something about it um, aren't even aware of where the bad guys are going. Mm. You know, so, oh no! <laughs> Mm-hmm. So anyway, hon, um, when we cut back to the island, uh, let's see. Uh, or um, I was going to say we can actually talk. I was going to say maybe you want to tell them about the point where the plot actually now fully does intersect, like, say, the arrival of the villains. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, the villains do arrive, and not only that, they destroy any, uh, any ways of getting out of the island or getting in, and... Of course, uh, well, they also take out the communications tower. Yep. So, so all cell phones and all radios are now out of commission. So now no one can get off the island, and no one can call for help. Mm-hmm. And of course, and Katsuma tries to get tries to warn uh, Class One A about it, but of course Bakugo does take the call and says... And, and originally doesn't want to believe them because he gave them yeah. quite a yelling about that whole false alarm thing before. Yep. Unlike the others, he's very rude and crass and doesn't have a lot of tact. Uh-huh. But, so, but when De Deku does get back from a job, he does hear the call and says, what? What, was, what were they saying before you hung up? Because... Well, no, because... Because in the middle of the call, that's when the towers got. That's when the tower. That's when the communications array got broken. Oh yeah. And all the and all the lines went dead. Oh yeah. So. So anyway, point is the villains attack. They're causing mayhem. They have spread out. They're attacking various different parts of the island, and mm -hmm. of course, those various different parts of the island are roughly where where the little individual groups of of members from Class One A are. Mm -hmm. So like there were some doing some stuff over here, and of course they run into Mummy with his. With his freaking power, which is take over inanimate objects with his mummy wraps. <laughs> mm. Oh, and to top it off, if, oh, and to top it off, they're also bombs, so they can explode if he wants them to. Which, speaking of which, well, well hold on, let's let, let me finish the rest ahead. of the setup. You know, so a couple of the a couple of the kids get a couple of the students get stuck fighting that guy, um, and the rest basically encountered Chimera. Mm -hmm. And he is such a beast he, that, like, um, some of the strongest kids in the class throw throw the hardest hitting attacks they can at him, and he laughs it off like <laughs> that tickled. Mm. It's like, when are you going to get serious? Uh, Slice, Slice actually kind of does mostly subtle stuff around the island, and Nine is going straight for the for the kids' address because he's looking for the kids because he knows one of them has that healing factor. And sorry, this was an important point we skipped over. After he did the Wrath of Zeus, he, you know, they, they did like a little flash thing. Mm -hmm. You know, a heartbeat sound. And then he clutched at his chest and he fell over. Yeah, you know, and there were like these weird purple cracks appearing on his face. And it, 
everything, you know, glowing purple cracks in his skin appearing on his face and stuff. So it's pretty clear that the wrath of Zeus takes a big toll on his body. Mm-hmm. Well, even though we kind of had to rush it a bit, I was... I'm getting, well, I'm just explaining that for why they, for why they need the healing factor so bad in the first place. Not mm-hmm. just the fact that it'd be nice, the dude actually needs it because he can't use his best power without it killing him. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so he's looking... So, anyway. Um, basically, um, most of the kids are evacuating the residents. Um, some of them had the misfortune of getting the, getting the crap beat out of them by Chimera. The rest of them who were fighting the... the the ones who are basically the strongest fighters in, in the class, aside from Midoriya and Bakugo, uh, hit him with the best shot, and he basically laughed it off. <laughs> but they kind of hold him off and t- because what happens is Bakugo takes out Mummy with with one of his biggest attacks. It, you know, big heroin fight. You know, lot, you know, lot, you know, lots of good fights going on here at this point. You know, everyone's kind of giving their best, but they're clearly not winning. So it's more of a hold them off until we can. You know, until we can get everyone to safety. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, and then Midori is the one who finds Nine. <laughs> mm-hmm. He gets to the kid's house, finds Nine trying to attack them, and it turns out it's Katsuma, of course, because he's the one that, you know, he's the one that you need to protect because he's the one with, like, who's, like, all hopeful and stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, of course, he's the one who has the healing factor. Mm. And and Nine's going to steal it from him. And, of course, Midoriya says, hell no. It's like, hell no, I'm going to deck you in the face. And he basically said no. Hmm. So so he's fighting him, he's fighting him. For a second, it looks like he's going to get his power stolen. But it turns out you can't just steal that power. Mm -hmm. It must be given freely. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So that's kind of fun. But... And then Bakugo eventually shows up. Yeah, he's still kind of beat up from fighting the other guy, but they took care of him. He's tied up, at least. And now Bakugo's trying to help out. They are doing... They are actually doing kind of okay, almost. I mean, they're not... You know, they're not really getting getting through or landing too many hits on him, but, you know, they're at least holding their own. Until eventually Nine just says, screw that it's Wrath of Zeus! <laughs> and, and Lightning Strike. Lightning Strike, they are now... They have both been hit by a massive bolt of lightning, and they are down. Mm. But, of course, again, cracks on face, heartbeat sound, collapses. Mm. That's when Slice shows up. She basically scones with him and shoots off a little flare gun. Chimera retreats because it's like, ah, crap, that's the signal. Okay, fine. You got lucky this time, punks. Hmm. So now we so now this could basically be considered like the the midpoint in the three act story structure right here that you know that this was the bad guys close in type thing. Mm-hmm. You know, so now everyone everyone's recuperating. It's like in addition to everything else that happened, the the wrath of Zeus knocked out the power. So now they're basically holding up at the power plant, getting the grid back online. Uh, it's a big enough building to where they can basically put all the villagers in one place so they can kind of fortify the position and where they're basically licking their wounds and tending to the wounded. Mm. Uh, for, uh, let's see. Um, Katsuma is able to activate is able to activate his cell activation quirk. It does work on type... It works on everybody, not just those with type A. Mm-hmm. So he's able to... So he's able to heal both... 
both Bakugo and Midoriya. Mm. You know, but while that's going on, they're both unconscious, so the rest of the class is basically trying to come up with a plan. What do we do? Mm. It's like, who are these guys? What do we do? Ooh, is there anything we can do? What? Well, uh, Yairozu, uh, she, she basically has the power of creating inanimate objects, so she created a drone, or, you know, creating, like, a artificial objects, I guess she Yes, she's saying. As long as she knows what what you actually need to make it, she can make it from basically uh, using part of her body. Mm. So she makes so she makes a little drone. She sent it off, but she said, and it's going to take six hours for it to get back to the mainland. Mm. And then who knows how long it's going to take for the heroes for the for the actual pro heroes to get here to back us up. We're on our own for basically the next day for the next day. Mm. Yeah, this is where the fight really gets hard for all of them because even though in the past seasons they've taken on pretty hard villains, but they haven't taken on villains like these guys, especially Nine with his uh, Zeus-like powers. And that, and again, like usually when they have gone up against anyone with really strong powers, they've had the backup of the pro heroes. Mm-hmm. You know, usually they're not even the ones actually doing the fighting, except in those rare circumstances where they kind of get stuck out there on their own. Mm-hmm. But this time they had to take care of them in order to. Well, and I was going to say, and unlike the scenarios in the in the actual main series, again, this is a, they're a, they are really are isolated. This isn't just some matter of mm-hmm. like. Of like, oh, the entrance is blocked and and the alarm didn't go off. So, you know, like the very first big fight that happened on the school grounds at like the training gym that's on the other side of the campus, mm-hmm. and the villains all teleported in and basically locked the door and cut the security system before, or the alarm could even go off. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just a matter of someone getting outside and going and getting one of the teachers, and then like you know, a bunch of you know, a bunch of really powerful people will descend upon that place in like in like a minute. <laughs> Mm. You know, this is not that scenario. This is not like that isolated scenario, mm. or where, or where there's a big kerfuffle going on elsewhere in the city, like a you know basically a monster attack, mm-hmm. and the pros are all occupied, and it turns out oh the freaking the freaking hero serial killer is on the loose, and and mm. one of us happened to find him, and now we can, and now like the others who do show up have to basically find him to keep him from getting killed. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that, that, you know, or even like the the more recent scenario that was the one where All Might retired. What when it turns out, oh no, All for One showed up, and he's basically Darth Vader mm-hmm. fighting this series version of Obi Wan. Yeah, you know, so it's like this isn't that you know this isn't that kind of thing where it's like this is a thing so obviously out of their league. The only thing they can do is like one little support action to try and get their friend out of the dangerous situation that involves these these heavy hitters. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, especially how Bakugo and Deku had to take out Nine together. Well, that's kind of jumping ahead a little bit, because... I, I know. Well, I'm just saying, we can, we can get to that part when we... Because we are still going through the synopsis, and now we're basically at Act 3. You know, we're at the end of Act 2, going into Act 3. Mm-hmm. So they come up with the plan. Okay, so the thing is, the site where they pulled that little false alarm is a little kind of offshoot little mini islet that's attached to the rest of the island via a sandbar, but normally there's water separating it. But on that little islet is a is 
castle ruins, like an old fort or something. So, so here's the thing. Katsuma told them, he's after me. He wants my healing power. And he even offers himself up, and they, of course, say, no, we're not going to do that. Mm. And then when Bakugo oh, and, and uh, Midoriya woke up, they, you know, they said, of course we're not going to do that. We have a plan. We can beat these guys. Mm. So, so they come up with a plan. Here's what we'll do. And they can't get any information out of the dude they captured because he's refusing to talk. Anyway, they go, they go, they basically say, we'll go on the island, we'll hide everyone there. There's basically a back way that can lead deeper in that can get them all away from there or in case, in case the plan goes wrong. But basically, there's this one spot right here. It's the only way in or out. We're going to cause a big kerfuffle, you know, we're going to cause a big kind of distracting thing and split them up. And then what happens is that each of us is, and we're going to lure them into areas where we can take advantage of our own individual powers and strengths. Mm. For example, Slice, they end up collapsing part of, part of the area into a cave system that's there on that part of the island. Mm. Because one of the team members, Tokuyami, has a power that grows stronger when he's in, when he's in darkness. What, the less light there is, the stronger his power gets. Mm. So they, so the idea is they'll lure, or you know, they'll send her down there. You know, they'll, they'll drag her into that spot so that she'll have to go up against him and a couple of the other members. Mm. You know, and he'll be, and again, he's really scary strong when he, when there's that little light. So it's like, okay, good, good news. That team can handle that. The other guy, there, you know, for Chimera, they're going to lure him out to a to basically this small little waterfall pond area because Shota, uh, Todoroki, has the powers of both fire and ice. Mm -hmm. So this is a place where they can take advantage of his ice powers and hopefully trap the guy in ice and freeze him there. Mm. You know, and then finally, they're going to, they are essentially going, that's essentially to lure those two away so that Nine will be on his own. The plan with him is that they have noticed that he, Deku did notice before he passed out, that the that like you know calling down the thunder, pretty much instantly exhausts this guy. But he figures his the more power he uses, the the more it's going to drain his energy, and he's going to hit a wall at some point. He's going to reach his limit and not be able to attack them. That's the point where they'll be able to take him down. They just need to make him wear himself out, and then they can go in and just deck him in the face and win. Mm. You know, he can just come in and smash! <laughs> Fight over. We won. <laughs> mm. It's like... <clears throat> so, we do we do that. Everything seems to be going well. Uh, Tokyami, he's beating the crap out, out of this Medusa wannabe in the dark cave. And, you know, holding his... On eventually, you know, and one of the others is uh, Mina. She, she can, like, shoot acid from her from her hands. So, so eventually, they're able to use the acid to burn most of her hair... Mm. So that she at least doesn't have the prehensile, like, you know, whip blades going on. She, you know, but she can still shoot needles like you wouldn't believe. Mm. Yeah, but they're still mostly winning. And then, but then finally she just, like, gets really mad and says, well, screw you all, and causes a cave-in. Mm. It's like, oh, no. Oh, like, it seems like they've all been beaten, but at the very least she's out of the fight. Mm -hmm. A big fight goes on over at the waterfall pond. They try freezing him into the into the water beneath it. Nope, he just breaks out. 
Turns out they call him Chimera for a good reason. He's got a bunch of different things, and apparently one of those things is breathing goddamn fire. <laughs> you know, apparently fire-breathing dragon is one of those things that he's made up of, which just, where the heck did that come from? <laughs> oh, well. Uh, but they have, you know, but like, whew, good God, they have to, they have to push themselves as hard as they can. And oh my God, everyone who's involved in this fight gets beat to freaking hell. But eventually Shoto comes in with the big, big win and he's just like, freeze damn you by shoving it, shoving the hand that can do ice down the guy's damn throat and freezing him from the inside. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, that was epic, but ooh, it was also kind of brutal. Yeah, he because him freeze himself. Oh, he oh yeah, he damn near iced himself. That's the that's that's his drawback. He if he's not careful, his own fire will burn him, and if he and if he's not careful, his own ice will freeze him. Mm-hmm. It's kind of why he has to use them in balance because it's the only way he keeps himself from doing either one. Mm-hmm. But okay, so now we get back to nine. Big old fight. They basically he try throwing rocks at him. There, there's um. Uraraka, she she basically can do gravity manipulation. She can make things float just by touching them, and then when she releases the then when she releases the float power, they fall back down. Uh, she and she and uh, Sarah, who basically ha- as basically Spider Man's web shooters, but it's tape, mm-hmm. and they're in his elbows instead of his forearms. But mm. you know, but they're basically like you know just flinging and flinging millions of boulders, millions of boulders. You know, you know Final Fantasy meteor spell, just millions mm-hmm. of rocks, millions of rocks, millions of rocks. Uh, even even Mineta manages to get in. His power is like that he produces these little sticky balls from, you know, these little uh, sticky balls of goop from his head. Mm. And, you know, and they basically stick to, they stick to each other, they stick to other things, they don't stick to him. Mm-hmm. So he basically just th- starts throwing them out until, like, he, he's basically wearing himself out and starting to bleed from his head from doing this. He throws a bunch of them to stick them all up. Ro- stick all the rocks they threw at him together to try and make a prison and it's like yeah get your way out of that <laughs> mm. and then of course he did and it's like oh crap <laughs> so now it's down to it's now down to Midoriya and Bakugo to who go and fight him off <laughs> and the thing is like he beat the crap out of you guys last time yeah difference is we know what he can do now <laughs> mm-hmm. it's like yeah difference is we know what he can do now <laughs> So they go in, they start fighting, and they fight. So they fight, and they fight, and they fight, and they fight, and, you know, it's just so very awesome. Yep. It's like, you know, Bakugo's explosions are just going off every... Her, her Midoriya's just like, zip, 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 zip. Yep. It's like, you know, it's like, superpower kick! <laughs> superpower punch! And, like, all over the place. All over the place. Smash! 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 Like... Mm. You know, and it... You know, and they're trying and they're trying, but uh, dang it, this guy just will not go down. And the last couple of them are basically just... Who are basically protecting the kid. It's uh, Jiro. Mm-hmm. Uh, so- Shoji. And... Uh, yeah. Crap, crap. Who- and uh, Eichiro, right, Eichiro. Mm-hmm. They're basically the last three who are basically there st- to defend the kids. It- Mm-hmm. Uh, is basically a super martial arts expert or with a giant prehensile tail so that's you know so he basically has an entire extra limb to smack you with mm-hmm. uh, Shoji's whole thing is he's a big muscly guy who can basically who can basically do like a multi-armed Spider-Man basically mm-hmm. and Jiro's whole thing is that she can create is that she can create sonic waves so 
mm-hmm. you know, sonic sound blasts, basically. But they, you know, but like eventually, like the dude basically just knocks aside uh, Bakugo and and uh, Midoriya, knocks them knocks them down. There, they're all like, <coughs> you know, you know. So they're like, get the kids out of here, run, run, run. And he's all like, where are you going? <coughs> they're all getting beat to hell. Oh, they're trying their best, trying their best. It's, oh no, it looks like we're about to lose. And then and then one of the other powers this guy has is he can summon like these weird twin dragon like heads from his back that act kind of like Doc Oc tentacles. So he grabs Midoriya and Bakugo and he's like trying to crush them in the jaws of these or in the claws of these giant things. Like mm. And the thing is they they both have like cuts and abrasions all over their hands and whatnot. So finally, so finally, Midori says, I have one crazy plan. <laughs> it's crazy. I don't even know if it'll work, but it's our only shot. And he starts reaching his hand up, up to Bakugo. And Bakugo knows what this means. <laughs> He's realizing that, that yes, Midori is basically saying, I can pass the power on to you. <laughs> this might be our only shot. Because I know, oh, for at least a little bit, I'll still have my, I'll still have the power. Mm-hmm. But I really think the only way we're going to be able to pull this off, this off, is if there's two of us who can do this. Mm-hmm. So, oh, they do it. They do the hand touch, fist, cl- you know, clench hands, and at this point, I was all like, wait, wait, is this seriously happening? Is this what, what's mm-hmm. going on? What's happening? And what, was seriously, like, seriously, huh? seriously, huh? and and you're just confused. It's like, what's going on, honey? Honey, tell me, tell me, what's going on? What's <laughs> what? Like you are like straight up smacking me in the arm, you know? Like what's going on? <laughs> and I, I'm just like, oh my god, it's happening! Oh my god, this is happening! Oh my god, this is happening! <laughs> and then like, and then you hear the power up sound from when the hands actually manage to touch and grip each other. It's like, like, and you're like, oh, what uh, the. And I'm like, like, oh my god, that it's happening! And then, and then it's just like, you know, for a second, it's all, all like, it's like, now give me your power, young Katsuma. And and then just all of a sudden, the you know the giant dragon things just basically explode. <laughs> and suddenly, down there on the ground, sta- standing side by side, and basically going full Super Saiyan from Dragon Ball Z, is Midoriya and Bakugo. <laughs> They both have one for all the inherited superpower. Mm. At that point, I'm basically going, oh, and, you know, and I was able to say that, and at that point, they said double one for all. Mm. At which point, you got it, and you were now joining in the, oh, yes, yes. and we basically kind of quietly broke out into the Daniel Bryan. Yes, 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 yes. yes. <laughs> because this was the part where it got awesome now. Oh, there's even more explosions. They've got like freaking Super Saiyan. Here. And they've got energy just crackling all over their bodies. And they, and they just hand out the biggest damn beatdown I have ever seen. And it's awesome because this guy just will not stay down. He's like the freaking Undertaker. Mm-hmm. So like every time they hit him, he just he just does that setup, like, mm. you know, and 
And it turns out his power is basically Weather Wizard because now there's a tornado and he's calling down the, and he's calling down the wrath of Zeus. <laughs> and because there's so much fire in the air, and because like so much stuff is on fire now because of all this stuff, the fire gets caught up in the tornado and the tornado catches on fire. <laughs> there's now a fire tornado with with giant lightning bolts swirling around it. And they are basically beating him by punching it and exploding it. <laughs> My god, it is awesome. Mm-hmm. Until finally, they both beat him with the double uppercut. <laughs> A.K.A. the Detroit Smash. Oh, yes, and just like like I said, double uppercut. <laughs> <laughs> they punched so hard, it the, the sheer... Air force exerted the sheer force exerted on the air managed to stop the tornado and broke up broke up and parted the clouds around it. Mm. Parted the clouds that had been swirling overhead from nine using his power. Mm. My God, this was glorious. Yep. And and the thing is, well, because it's a movie and because it has a sliding scale you know, on where. It, you know, kind of sliding scale on where it can take place, basically season five onwards. Uh, basically, you know, basically it's something, you know, there's like, you know, there's like speeches and whatnot. Uh, you know, like, oh, you did great. And, uh, you know, basically the movie ends, yeah, they succeeded. They stuck around for the for the restoration efforts for the remaining two weeks. Mm -hmm. But then they had to head back to school. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, basically everyone was all right. Mm -hmm. The villains were all captured, mm -hmm. with the exception of Nine, who um, it turns out got disintegrated by the leader of the League of Villains because his power is decay. Uh, he, yep. he he can literally just rot whatever he touches. Mm -hmm. You know, so he basically. Though I will say, with the visual effect, they made it that they've kind of changed it now more so that it looks more like whenever. You know, like whenever someone got, you know, snapped by the Infinity Gauntlet in the Avengers movies. Ah. <laughs> uh. You know, that's kind of that's kind of how Nine broke up. Was just like he like turned all gray, like like a statue, and then just <sighs> just like just dust in the wind. <laughs> but you know, because we can't have this guy coming back for non-movie events. <laughs> right. But yeah, so. Basically, they head home. Yeah, then yeah, there's been some good stuff. Apparently, apparently, Bakugo suffered a head injury at some point during that whole thing because he doesn't even remember the whole thing. He doesn't even remember the end of that fight and in the whole like I, you know, like you shared the power passed on to me type thing. He doesn't even remember that. So it's like, so it's like, yep, we can basically just pretend this never happened because it's a movie. It's a movie spinoff from an anime series. Mm -hmm. All in all, it's like this was pretty good. I agree. So, do you think it's better than the first movie? I indeed do think it is better than the first than and the first My Hero Academia movie because because that one it kind of shaved the cast down. You know, most mm -hmm. of them were just watching the events unfold on TV, basically. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, we got to see some great moments from the ones who were involved. You know, and that included a lot of bit players who don't normally get a lot of attention in the anime. That's great. But also the villain basically was kind of a, you know, he didn't really mean anything. You know, he wasn't even played by a particularly great voice actor or anything. I mean, the, you know, don't get me wrong, the dude did, 
perfectly fine at doing the job, but I mean, like, you know, he's not one of those ones who's, like, well-known for doing, like, mm -hmm. really good parts. Mm -hmm. You know, because the one that surprised us was who it was that was voicing Nine. Yeah, it was Johnny Young, Young Bosch. For those of you who may not know who he is... It's like, yes, Adam the Black Ranger himself. Yep. And, of course... Oh, and, of course... You were going to say, I'm guessing... Ichigo from Bleach. Ichigo freaking Kurosaki. <laughs> yep. It, well, and one part that I remembered him the most from was he got Jay as Clara Leonelli. But yeah, like, Johnny did some great work with this. All, all of the movie-exclusive cast members did good. You know, mm -hmm. I would say that, like, of course, everyone, everyone from the show did amazing. Mm -hmm. But, you know, they've been doing this for a few years now, so... Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, they've been doing this for a couple of years, so they've had time to get used to it. What's pretty mm -hmm. amazing is everyone who's pretty much jumping into these roles for the first time with the movies. Johnny, like, we didn't even realize it was really him until, like, until, like, you know, the villains started getting desperate near the end, and we started hearing that traditional, you know, Kurosaki gr It's like, why won't you? It's like, why are you standing in my way? It's like, you know, because he does quiet menace throughout this whole mm -hmm. movie, and it's awesome. I agree. Like ser it's like seriously, this is this is some grade A stuff from him. Great, grade A from everyone overall. This 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 movie seriously gets a recommended from me. And mm -hmm. I do want to throw in real quick on one little bit of trivia I did while we were doing research before or we before we actually did the cast. Apparently, um, um, the creator of the series actually had a different ending in mind from the one he's going to be doing now. And basically, we got to see what that ending looked like here in the movie. The mm -hmm. movie, basically, the original end of the series was going to be them fighting some, you know, I'm guessing like Shigaraki, the actual villain, you know, basically getting the same thing and driving them into a desperate situation. And, you know, or, you know, someone else maybe supplanting him, I don't know. <laughs> but mm -hmm. the point is, during the final battle, it was going to be this big thing where both where both Midoriya and Bakugo are in a desperate situation, mm -hmm. and because of the nature of their relationship as former childhood friends, mm. you know, eventually kind of grew up in, into this very different dynamic where Bakugo was the bully and, you know, and Midoriya was the, was the victim. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, and Midoriya was the target of his bullying. <laughs> you know, and now the kind of way they're kind of going back towards being friends, like, the, this would have led to him passing the power on to him during that last desperate struggle for yes basically doing kind of going out like all might did i'm going to i'm going to have one last fight with this power so i'm going to use it mm. you know and this might be the only way to beat him is if both of us have the power mm. you know but this does mean it will be my final battle mm. so yeah apparently this was at apparently uh, Kohei Horikoshi, the the creator of My Hero Academia, was actually thinking of ending the series originally like this, of having Deku basically, you know, of having Midoriya pass the power on to Bakugo. Mm. You know, during their big last final battle of the series. Mm. And that, you know, and then probably, I don't know, basically being the one who basically leads the Avengers, basically, which is made up of, like, the kids from 1A plus, you know, you know pretty much everyone who wasn't for who isn't forced into retirement or anything, the kids from 1A and all the other friends they've made during the series, mm. and basically leading them as basically this world's version of the Avengers, I guess, or the Justice League, you know? Mm. 
You know, I mean, because, you know, you know, because that is the thing about Deku. He is, about Midoriya, he's wicked smart. He he's a brilliant tactician. That's, you know, he's the one who pretty much comes up with this, with this divide and conquer plan in the first place. And he, you know, and typically in the series, he's the same one who comes up with all these kinds of crazy plans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, so, you know, so that would kind of make sense. But, you know, again... But then again, Horikoshi's not really gone into a lot of detail about exactly how he intended to end it, just the fact that, yeah, it would basically end with Deku lo with Midoriya losing the powers by passing them on to Bakugo. Mm. Yeah, and Bakugo basically stepping up, losing all of his, you know, oh, rah, 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 I, you know, you know, I'm such an aggressive hothead, and ah, and, you know, aggro teen angst, and, you know, actually basically becoming a decent, you know, or basically becoming like the less extreme version of that, mm. you know, mellowing out a little bit, mm. enough to actually, you know, basically form the Justice League or the Avengers, you know? Mm -hmm. But he has since changed those plans, but yeah, that's kind of interesting that we get to see this as kind of a how it could have ended. Mm. But we'll see how it, how it ends when it does end. But we have to get through all the other stuff that... Yeah, first the uh, anime has to catch up to the manga. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Horikoshi does have to eventually get to that end, to that new ending he's planned out. Mm-hmm. And, um... Well, I was gonna say, overall, like, what would you say, hon? Like, so... The, would you say it's a good movie? It's a great movie, even? I agree, because I did like this one better than the first one, Two Heroes, because this one did have more of the characters working as a team, unlike the other one, like you said, didn't, uh, kind of felt like they were just watching it on TV. I'd rather see them all working together rather than, hmm? And it allowed everybody to have a moment to shine and all I have to say I give it uh, f four shooting star paw, paw prints what about you I would I would have to agree I didn't uh, the scales one to five right huh yeah yeah honestly I'd have I'd go as far to say as I give it five actually yeah uh. But, but then again, you know, considering the fact that, again, a lot a lot of the most dazzling stuff was the visual effects and, you know, and it was hard for well, me. And, you know, just because of your condition, you know, those don't really show as much to you. No. It's like, I would say I understand, like, yeah, you didn't get the visual aspect, but the, mm. but purely, but basically as an audio drama, it was pretty freaking sweet, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And I can tell you straight up as a movie, yeah, um... No, definitely a five, a five shooting star paw prints out of this. Okay, I definitely changed my, my grade on that to five as well. Yeah, seriously, this is some good stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, from what I can tell, it was one, it was a one night only event. Mm -hmm. So unfortunately, um, for everyone else who's catching this, if you didn't already catch it, you're probably gonna have to wait till it hits streaming services or, or physical media. So. Yep. And also, if anybody is going to Ranger Stop Pop Culture in, I think, yeah, in June over in Atlanta, you could catch Chris Sabat, who plays All Might in the anime, and Johnny Young Bosch, who played Nine, 
as the guest for this year. Just letting you know. Yeah, because uh, that's mostly a Power Rangers thing, but they are also involving some other folks. And, uh, you know, just out of serendipity, it turns out that basically that basically a, a big MHA hero and the villain of this new movie are going to be there at the same time. Yep. So definitely. But definitely the second that, that this does hit any kind of streaming or physical release, we seriously recommend that you go, that you see this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And whether you see it subbed or dubbed, we're going to tell you right now, it's a good, it is a good movie. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and honestly, there were some folks there that we ended up talking to in the lobby who it turns out, this was, their friends were bringing them into this as their first exposure to My, to My Hero Academia. Which is always good. Well, and funny enough is that I did hear afterwards, yeah, some of those folks did indeed get into it and they now want to catch up on everything that they've missed up to this point. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's looking, so yeah, I was going to say, yeah, if, if you're not sure if you want to dive into the whole thing just yet and you want a quick short thing that can kind of get you into it and get you caught up on how most of these, how most of the characters you're going to be interacting with are, definitely go see this movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, I would say with that, I'm Gondras. And I'm Mari Blue Cat. So, stay beautiful while traveling the vast universe and enjoy the rest of this evening. Alright, till next time. 3 slash 5, stop recording.